What's going on guys? My name is Rob Riley. Calvin McChesney is behind the edits and today we have a gem for you guys. I know I say it a lot, but we've had some banger episodes coming out. Uh, today I was joined by Adam Rain. He is a real estate agent in Vegas. Kid's only 19. 19 years old. He uh, grew up in my hometown, went to the same high school as me, so that's kind of how we knew of each other. Um, but I've been watching him from afar on Instagram and he seems like he's crushing it and talk to him, get his mindset strategies, uh, get his actual sales strategies here, you know, what he's doing to make it in such an uber competitive space for people in real estate. There's a lot of gems in here. I mean, he's crushing it, but also for people out of real estate, like myself, I love talking to really high performing people like this. I mean. There's so much value that anyone can pull from this interview. So many gems that he dropped. Um, we talk about mindset. We talk about quantum physics. We talk about the law of attraction, all of that stuff. Goal setting, all really important. So if you're into any of that, which I assume most people are, you're definitely going to want to watch this one or listen to it. If you're listening to the podcast, either way, if you enjoy it, feel free to share it on your story. Tag me, tag Adam. Um, and without further ado, let's get right into it. There's so many gems in this. I know you guys are going to love it. Let me know what you think. Audio's recording and we're live. Adam Rain. Brother, thank you for coming on the pod and, and doing this. This has been a long time coming. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So for anyone who doesn't know you, for anyone who's listening to the pod who may be unfamiliar with who you are, give us a little synopsis of what you do. Well, so I went to CNS High School, which is uh, where Rob went to from Syracuse, of course, whole family's from Syracuse. Um, but once I graduated high school, I moved out to Las Vegas and got my real estate license, started selling real estate. That's amazing, brother. So I got so many questions about that whole middle process. I got questions about real estate. Um, you look like you're killing it. You know, you're a real young dude. How old are you? 19. 19. And you're selling homes out in Las Vegas. Yep. Incredible. Incredible. So I want to know how you got into it. I want to know all about your journey to getting there, all that sort of stuff. But I'd love to start with a little bit of backstory. It's kind of how we do things here on uh, on free coffee. So, man, what was uh, what was childhood like for you? I know you said you went to CNS for anyone who doesn't know that's Cicero, North Syracuse uh, in upstate New York. But what was uh, what was childhood like? Were you more in the sticks? Were you more in the suburbs? No, I grew up in the suburbs, North Syracuse, actually, in the village. Nice. Nice. Yeah. What'd that look like? Were you, like, uh, were you slinging lemonade stands as a kid? Were you working jobs? Were you um, a good student? What was childhood like for you? Yeah, so I was, a, I was a pretty, I like to think I was a good kid, you know, looking back. I'm like, you know, if I had a kid like me, I think he'd be a pretty cool kid. So I was kind of a, you know, classic kid, hanging out outside all the time, riding bikes with the friends, and, uh, you know, doing kind of the old school way of making money, raking leaves, shoveling snow during the winters, mm -hmm. mowing the lawn for my parents once in a while and getting a little, you know, a couple extra bucks for that. Were you so that was kind of my thing. And yeah, I was, I was good in school up until, up until high school pretty much is when uh, I kind of lost the passion for it, I guess. So what was happening? Were you just like, I have better things. Oops, sorry about that. I have better things I can be doing with my time. Were you just bored of it? What was, uh, why, why did it drop off in high school? So the big thing was I was learning about things that I didn't really care about. And I felt like weren't going to apply later on in life. 
Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, I recently heard Gary V actually say something about it. Like you're not lazy. You just aren't passionate, mm. which is exactly how I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. I was, um, I was the same way for the most part. I, went to a private school as a kid, like up to third grade. Then that school closed and I went to public school. And as soon as I went to public school, I made some friends and I realized like, oh, people don't do their homework sometimes. Like you can just not do your homework. And, uh, you know, I realized like, oh, I can be like slinging lemonade stands as a kid instead of uh, instead of doing homework. I was like, this is lit. Um, Yeah, I love that. No, that's pretty cool. Were you a pretty ambitious kid? Um, were you, were you into sports at all? Um, I wasn't big into sports in like elementary middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that kind of the music thing. I played guitar for a few years there. And then once seventh grade rolled around, I got into swimming. So swimming was my big thing. I did that all through high school it was the captain senior year. I had a lot of fun with that. Nice. And was college kind of in the cards for you or did you decide pretty early on that that wasn't for you? Did you end up going? What, what did that look like in how were you thinking about it as a, in high school? So I remember I was, I think it was 10th grade. I was kind of tossing around the idea, but maybe I knew I wanted to be something real estate related. So I thought maybe I'd go into, uh, you know, some schools have like real estate based degrees. So I considered that for a while and then watch some, uh, some YouTubers like meet Kevin Graham, Stefan, and they talked about how they got in right out of high school because you can learn so much in the field based on, you know, with the actual experience versus going to college. So I was like, you know, if I can get the same experience or better experience, then why would I go to college? Like if I can, I can work in the field and sell real estate for four years and I'll know more about selling real estate than if I had just gone to college. I completely agree. Um, I'm not in real estate, but I, I, I watch those same people on YouTube and, uh, definitely think they're, they're, they're completely right. Um, but why were you thinking, in 10th grade real estate, how did that come about um, into and become something that you were like, I want to do this? So it really started eighth grade, summer after eighth grade, my family came to Vegas for a family vacation um, and to visit my aunt and uncle that live out here. And my uncle had just sold his phone company. So he basically ran phone systems for um, like grocery stores and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He had just sold his company and was getting into to real estate. So he was flipping houses and got his real estate license. And we were kind of talking about the numbers. I asked him like how much he makes doing that because he was super open about it. And once I heard the numbers, I was like, that sounds pretty good. And I knew he didn't go to college. So that's kind of where the, the seed was planted with real estate. Yeah. And then after that summer, I started coming out here by myself every summer just to visit with them. And I kind of hang out with him, watch him do the real estate thing help him on flips, like go check out the properties with him and stuff like that. And uh, that's kind of where it started. How were your parents through like that process? Were they pushing you to go to school or were they more pushing you to go into, you know, your passion? No, my parents were super supportive about it. Super supportive. And my mom's a big college person. I mean, she's got a master's degree and, you know, she's big on college, (laughs) but she never really like forced it on me. She said, this is, you know, what you feel like you want to do, then go for it. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I think that's really cool and, and really rare for the most part. I feel like most parents would be like, yeah, yeah. Little Adam, 10, you know, college yeah. real estate's going to be going to be there when you get out of school sort of thing. But that's pretty cool, man. You're so young and uh, to be in the game, 
you know, slinging the type of houses that you are. For anyone who's listening, got to follow this man on Instagram because you post some some pretty crazy homes that you're you're showing and listing and stuff like that. So it, it's clearly gone uh, pretty well for you so far. Uh, what was the reason that you, other than um, your family out there, what drew you to Vegas? Why did you want to sell in Vegas? Or was it strictly just family? So uh, the, the family was kind of the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I had my uncle to kind of mentor me as I got into the business. But, you know, of course, I could have just stayed in Syracuse and done the same thing. But I knew that homes are priced higher here. Higher priced homes means bigger commissions. I was actually just talking to, um, I did a kind of a conference call with one of my high school classes last week. And my teacher, former teacher, he's also a real estate agent on the side. And he was telling me that the average price point is like 180 or 190 in Syracuse right now. And he, here it's 345 as of now. So, you know, you're talking almost double the price. So you're talking almost double the commission. On top of that, I wanted to do luxury real estate. So Syracuse, obviously not much really luxury <laughs> real estate. There's million dollar homes here and there, but they're few and far between, uh, you know, in Skinny Atlas and like maybe some in Fayetteville, stuff like that. But they're definitely not as common as they are in Vegas. Like there's literally thousands of million dollar homes here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my Plus the, the weather was a big benefit too. Vegas is just a, a, I mean, it's just a much warmer place, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you got a better climate there. You know, funny enough, my uh, my grandpa growing up would always tell me that if he had to do it over again, my, my grandpa was big into sales, big sales guy. And he said if he, had to, he, if he had it to do over again, right, if he could go back, he would sell the most expensive thing he could potentially find to sell because the commissions were always just bigger and it took the same amount of work to sell a rocket ship as it did like, you know, a bunch of clothing, right? Like the principles are still the same. It takes a lot of work either way. You might as well be selling something expensive. So I, right. I, I think you're dead on what, I mean, man, was it, was it, were you nervous to come out to, uh, to Vegas and like change your life and flip it? Like, how did you even figure out who you were going to work for out there? Um, all that sort of stuff. What was that process like? Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely really scary moving from, you know, the town that I lived in my entire life with all my family and all my friends um, and being young, 18 at the time and, you know, boxing everything up and shipping it out there and bringing a whole bunch of bags on the plane with me. You know, that was pretty scary, but, um, and, and I didn't really know anyone when I moved here either. I didn't have any friends. So that was kind of like, uh, starting over, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, looking back, I think it was definitely worth it. it. It really changes you as a person, honestly. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but it really does. Like moving across the country and not knowing anyone and being super young and like jumping in, straight into this career, uh, like really changes you as a person. I believe it, brother. It's hard not to change with such a massive lifestyle adjustment. I mean, it, it's nearly impossible, right? And you're surrounded by all new influences. And how are you convincing people to let you as a 19 year old sell their home or or trust you to um find them a home what are you doing i mean tell us about that because it can't be all smooth sailing at such a young age right i mean it comes up occasionally like oh you look pretty young but i mean honestly it's just about knowing your stuff if you if you know your stuff you know what to say and you're confident and 
confidence comes with knowing. So <laughs> when you know the information, you know what to say, mm-hmm. you can convey that confidently. And once you're confident, you know what you're talking about, then people aren't really gonna to, gonna doubt you. How did you learn your stuff then? So talk to us about that. What was so you you make it to Vegas, right? You're going through the process. Did you know real estate before then? Had you studied up, um, or did you learn when you got there? So basically, I lifeguarded the summer before I moved here. Okay. And I worked at this apartment complex. There was no one ever at the pool, pretty much. So I literally just watched real estate YouTube videos for eight hours a day, every day, all summer long, just to learn as much as I possibly could. And still, by the time I got my real estate license, I knew literally nothing. Like, <laughs> I knew that, you know, average commission is like 3%. And I knew that, you know, you can cold call people and like go door knocking to find sellers. But other than that, like I had no idea what to say, no idea what to do, no idea what the the process of buying or selling a house even looked like. Because it was so hard to find that information when you don't know what to look for. You don't know what to, to type into Google, you know? Absolutely. So basically, um, you learn a little bit in real estate school and pre-licensing school, but none of it really applies after you get your license. It's just law and stuff like that, kind of mm-hmm. irrelevant things. Um, but then you you know you go to a brokerage that offers classes. You know, typically you do that when you're a new agent. You go to one that offers trainings and classes, so you can kind of know what you're doing. Um, and then you also have to take these kind of state mandated tests. Uh, I'm not test classes that you know, provide you some information that goes along with that. But I mean, honestly, a lot of it is being on the right team and having a good mentor above you that can teach you the entire process because there's so much to learn. Like I could get into it, but it'll take up the whole the whole podcast. <laughs> How did you um, what, is there an age requirement to get your uh, your license? Uh, yeah, 18, 18 and you got to have a high school diploma or GED. Nice. OK, very cool. So what was going through your first, uh, your, did you sell, you know, your first home that you sold, right? Or deal that you closed? What was that process like? Um, and were there any problems through it that you had that you wish you didn't have or anything like that? So, well, the first house that I put under contract, so the way it yeah. works, you put a house under contract and then it's in escrow, we call it, for like roughly 30 30- days where you're doing inspections, appraisals, the loan is being approved, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I had it in escrow March of last year, end of March. And then my buyers, which were both employees of casinos, they both lost their jobs like two days after we went under contract. Oh my! And obviously God. if you don't have a job, if you're unemployed, you can't get approved for a mortgage, especially the <laughs> second one is what they were doing. So that deal fell apart pretty quickly, which was kind of heartbreaking, you know, being my like third month in the business, kind of, you know, getting things going, yeah, getting the ball rolling after a few months of doing open houses, which is where I met these people. And uh, so that deal kind of fell apart, which obviously I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah. What'd you, but, uh, what'd you do? How'd you get back in the game? How did you kind of recoup from that? Yeah. So once COVID happened, they shut down open houses, which was my main source of getting leads and basically finding people to buy houses. Um, so, you know, that was kind of a hard hit because I didn't really, I didn't have like a ton of money to spend on marketing and advertising and stuff like that. I didn't really, didn't really have much guidance, honestly, at the company I was at. 
um, as far as like cold calling and door knocking. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of figuring out it all out on my own. Um, so I kind of, you know, I still did some real estate stuff. I was still following up with these leads that I had met in the first three months of the year at open houses. And, uh, but I kind of veered off course a little bit. My uncle was doing some flips at the time. So I actually helped him with those projects and, you know, we figured we couldn't really do much because of the virus. And this is when everything was like shut down. Like you were just sitting at home all day cause you couldn't do anything. So we, we decided, you know, instead of paying someone to do the, the renovations, we'll just do it ourselves to pass the time and, you know, save a few thousand dollars mm-hmm. from, for contractors. Nice. So that was kind of, that was kind of cool to experience what it's like to actually like lay flooring and, you know, tile a shower, stuff like that, you know, putting install cabinets in a kitchen and everything. Yeah. That was, that was cool. I feel like that helped me in real estate a little bit, but then things kind of started to pick back up and we saw the housing market here in Vegas stay pretty steady throughout those few months um, into the summer. Um, so I actually closed my first deal in August, which was actually someone that I had met at an open house in February. Nice, dude. Congrats. That's amazing. So when COVID hit, um, you know, everything shut down. Did you have uh, any doubts? Were you ever, you know, I guess, did you ever think like, oh, shit, like this might not work out? Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I was pretty scared. I honestly, I've never, I don't think I've ever told anyone this. Maybe I told my, uh, a friend of mine that's also a realtor, but I remember I was watching this video. Um, it was me, Kevin, actually, he was interviewing his, his name's Chandler Chandler or something. He owns a whole bunch of rental units. He's a pretty well-known guy. And he was talking about how he, he made $90,000 a summer in Michigan by selling uh, pesticides door to door. And I was like, you know, this sounds like maybe, maybe this is more for me if, if real estate's not going to work out. So I, <laughs> So I looked into that a little bit and, and then I remember, um, I think it was Ryan Serhant, another real estate agent, really well-known that said, you can't have a plan B if you want to make it in real estate. And I was like, nope. Like I quit my job the previous December, December, 2019 to get, to go like all into real estate. So I'm not going to let myself go against what I said and have a plan B. So I'm going to stick to it. I love it. I love it. Going through that whole process setting maybe COVID aside for a second, what would you say, you know, you did right and you did wrong starting in real estate? What kind of recommendations do you have? So I think I did the right thing by getting into it young. Mm. Pretty much, I mean, everyone outside of real estate, family and friends and whatnot, all said I was doing the wrong thing. And everyone I met in real estate, every other realtor that I've ever met said you did the right thing. Like, I wish I had done it your way. I love that. So if anyone out there is listening and wants to get the real estate license and maybe they're, they're younger, don't even think twice about it. Just go ahead and do it because I mean, you're so young, even if I lost everything right now, I still have another 60 years to figure things out. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, at such a young age, even in your twenties and even in your thirties, I mean, you have the opportunity that older people just don't have, right? I mean, you literally can lose everything and it's not, obviously that would hurt. Obviously that'd be bad, but you can, you can recoup from that in your own lifetime. You know what I mean? You can come back and even if stuff goes wrong and correct me if you, you think differently, 
you will have experiences, connections, and lessons learned from what you're trying to do, striving to, you know, achieve something that you can take with you in any sort of industry. I mean, do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, 100%. You learn so much from making mistakes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's better to make those mistakes than to not have the experience at all, right? Absolutely. So what's been the uh, the main plan for you moving forward? How are you generating leads? How are you getting deals? What's working for you? So right now, my two main sources of lead generation are cold calling and door knocking. Okay. So when I cold call, I'm calling either expired listings. So listings that were on the market and uh, basically the, the contract was up before the house sold. So if you write a contract for say, I'll give you six months to sell my house and it doesn't sell in those six months, then it's expired. Mm. So it shows up in a service that my team pays for and it'll have their, it, it finds their phone numbers of the sellers and whatnot. So you call, call them and basically um, long story short, try to get them to list with you. Mm-hmm. And then for door knocking, basically we go around because um, prices are so high right now. We can take advantage of that. People have a lot of equity, even if they bought a year or two ago. So we go into these neighborhoods and basically say, Hey, we sold your neighbor's house for, you know, 1.5 million and you bought for, you, you know, you're in it at a million dollars. So would you want to take advantage of that equity? Yeah. No, I mean, home prices, I can imagine they're crazy like they are here. Um, Mm -hmm. I just went through the home buying process myself. I bought my first home and the process was awful because not because of the people. My realtor was fantastic, but home prices are so crazy. I mean, we were we're shopping well under 200K um, and we were still getting beat out. We were offering 10K over asking, you know, and we were getting crushed by like 25k over asking cash, like no questions asked, and it's like we we can't compete with that. Um, so the I would imagine the the frenzy that's going on right now has had a has provided some incredible opportunities for you. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely push prices up, um, and me specifically, I target sellers because honestly, right now I don't want to work with buyers. It's been. Insane. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Where are people going uh, that are selling homes right now? Because I'd imagine, you know, you, you take advantage of that equity, you sell a home. What are you seeing? Like, is it people that have two homes that are selling right now or are people sizing up? What what's what typically happens, you think? Right. So um, in the in the luxury market, things are a little bit different. You know, we see more. Um, you know, more average price homes, like in that 345 range, you know, all the way up to probably 600,000 or more like the average range homes. And those people are tending to just cash out on their equity to buy a bigger home, a nicer home. So if they can pull two, $300,000 in equity out of their home, well, probably not at that price point. If they can pull out a hundred thousand dollars in equity, yeah. they can use that for a pretty hefty down payment on, yeah. you know, maybe a little bit nicer of a home basically. Gotcha. Um, especially with with rates being so low right now, that's a big advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So they can get a super low rate and have a monthly payment, you know, pretty similar to what they had the last one even. I love that. What kind yeah, of... Some people, um, oh, sorry. No, you go. Shoot. Yeah. So uh, other people, one guy, he sold his house here, cashed out a ton of equity, and he had a second home that he owned in Park City, Utah. So they just wanted to live there. Um, I know recently there was this home that was selling uh, the sellers. It was like 
you know, their fourth or fifth home, something crazy like that. But they just wanted to take advantage of the market. Um, some people are renting for a year to see what happens with the market. Other people just want to just want to move for other reasons. Want to downsize, want to upsize. So there's tons of reasons why people are selling. Yeah, absolutely. What are you? Um, I mean, how do you see this all kind of playing out? Do you think things are going to relax soon, or do you think it's going to be this way for a while? Well, I mean, it's it's really hard to tell, and of course, I can't make any predictions. So disclaimer here: not um, financial advice. Yeah, not financial <laughs> advice. <laughs> Um, I mean, rates going up a little bit is, is kind of, uh, you know, maybe unnerving a little bit, Okay. but as far as inventory, if inventory stays super low, then prices are going to stay right about where they are. Cause there's still a super high demand in Vegas with people coming from California pretty much. And, um, you know, the city's constantly growing, but so with that high demand and super low inventory prices are probably going to stay right where they are course that depends on rates that could affect things a little bit but some i've heard talks you know i'm not saying anything but i've heard people talking about um you know possibly some foreclosures coming into the market and that obviously means more homes on the market which could affect the which would affect the inventory which could affect demand absolutely no that's sweet i appreciate your take on it selfishly uh I'm already looking at the equity because my home's already appreciated. I'm like, damn, I wish I could take advantage of that somehow. But yeah, um, I'm curious to know, man, do you do any goal setting? Are you doing any, um, you know, like how are you kind of setting goals and, and like working towards them in your mind? Do you have certain numbers you try to hit? What's that actually look like for you on a day to day basis? Yeah. So actually my team, it's a thing that my team leader kind of assigns to us. We have these uh, mindset journals, we call them. And every day I have right here, actually. So we write down, this has been a game changer for me, by the way, we write down 10 things that 10 things we're grateful for. Okay. Three things that made me happy in the last 24 hours. And then we write what we earn 25 times over. So for me, it's, I earn $115,500 per year or more. And then we write 10 affirmations. Then after that, we say, am I getting closer to my goals? Yes. I love that, bro. I love real estate, just people in real estate, because y'all go so crazy with like the affirmations, like the goal setting. I actually on my wall right here, you can actually probably see just the bottom of it. This right here is a sheet um, from a guy named Kevion. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's a realtor out in uh, out in Los Angeles. Yes, but, I do know Kevion actually. Yeah, so his uh, goal setting sheets and stuff are so good, and he puts them out for free for other realtors. But I use it, even though I'm not in real estate, just to try to map out my goals. Like you guys go so uber specific, and it's something that I think other industries are way behind on because it's not like your industry is so brutally competitive that I feel like you guys always need to be on your A game in order to like actually grow and continue to be better. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think the same sort of thing or why is it that real estate is so like goal forward and, you know, just planning and affirmate like all that sort of stuff. Why do you think so much, so many people do that in real estate? You know, it, it probably, it probably seems like a lot of people do because the people that do talk about it. Right. True. Like, like heavy on. Yep. But 
honestly, if, if we're being real, it's probably something like 90% of realtors aren't doing something like this. And 90% of realtors aren't practicing sales scripts on a daily basis. So do you think that that's what makes a difference for the, the 10% or the top 1% of like realtors? Do you think it's that sort of stuff that makes the difference? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the practice and I mean, really being like committed to it. I mean, there's so many, there's 18,000 agents, I think in Vegas now. And there's right now there's 1,927 homes on the market. <laughs> oh man. So obviously there's a lot of agents that aren't doing any business right now. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's pretty crazy, and man. The top 1% of the agents are doing probably 90% of the business or at least the top 10% are doing 90% of the business. Yeah. I think it's like the, uh, what's that rule? Like the 80, 20 rule. I think that's pretty yep. consistent. Like 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work, 20% of your work results in 80% of your results, that sort of stuff. I think that's probably the case. I mean, I know it's crazy here. Uh, you know, Dante, who's been on a, uh, on the pod, um, mm -hmm. who's my realtor, he talks to me about the same sort of thing, man. It's just, absolutely insane how many realtors there are um and yeah to me it seems like all you guys are always goal setting you know talking about that stuff but it's it's clearly you know i i just hear and see the ones who are doing really good obviously so um yeah what kind of tips and what kind of skills and stuff are you pulling from some of these you know uh sales classes or like practices or you know goal setting sort of uh practices that you can share with us and any listener who might not be an agent, but might be able to pull some stuff. Are, are there any gems you've heard or things that you can share with us? Uh, yeah, I think it's just a matter of like really, really embracing like the being and like really, like when I say I earn one fifteen five per year or more, like I feel that when I'm writing that 25 times a day, every day, like I feel that like in my soul, you know, like I make $115,500 a year or more. Someone asked me like, Oh, how much do you make? Like, Oh, last year I made this, this year I'm making one fifteen five. Like I know it and I feel it. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of like, not, not convincing yourself, but like knowing and really feeling what you can do and, and then just going and doing it because it's like, it's like the rule of attraction. Have you heard of that? Oh yes. Talk have to you, us. Have about you ever it. watched the secret? Anyone watching, you better go watch the secret. I've not right? watched it. I've read the book. I love the book. I can actually, yeah. I can actually share. So I'm, I'm not sure if the movie's the same way, but in the book, at the end of it, they they have you like practice manifestation, right? They want mm -hmm. you to go through an exercise and like prove to yourself that that shit's real. So I was sitting on my bed. I was still living at my mom's house when I read this book, and uh, I was like, "What would be the craziest thing? Like, if I could manifest something out of thin air, what would be the craziest thing?" And I was like, "Man." My mom's a health nut. If my mom brought me peanut butter pie, that would that would absolutely blow my mind. My mom's had never brought me home a slice of pie a day in my entire life. Never happened. She's a health nut. She doesn't eat that stuff, right? She doesn't want me to eat that stuff. So I was like, I'm going to manifest peanut butter pie, right, into my life. I'm not going to go get it. I don't know who will give it to me, but it's not coming into the house like normally. Dude, swear to God. I, I manifest it. I write it down. I go through all the motions, right? I believe it. 
Swear to God, three hours later, she walks into the house with a slice of peanut butter pie and is like, hey, my friend had this, and I swear I just thought of you when I saw it, and I thought you might like it. And it, I almost cried. I almost sat there and just cried when she did it because I was like, this is the craziest thing. And I wow. fully, fully embrace manifestation, like fully believe in it, try to execute it daily, try to write things down. Um, you know, I, and sorry to kind of hijack this, but I think this is so I important. Um, just yesterday, I came into an absolute shitstorm, like absolute shitstorm, like everything was going wrong in the morning. Um, people were making bad decisions, like stuff wasn't being communicated, orders were going wrong. And for us, that's, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I was panicking because now being in a family business, my decisions impact others. My failure as a leader impacts a lot of other people. And I was really pissed. I mean, like really getting super frustrated. And I sat down and I said out loud, to myself over and over and over again I said everything's good they'll buy more everything's good they'll buy more like and I played some happy music and I kind of just meditated and manifested like a positive phone call made the phone call the customer explained what was going on I was in a good mood I was in a positive mindset I like brought myself out of the negativity they understood hung up the phone everything was good they called me back a couple hours later and put in an order for more. So fully embrace manifestation. I'm sorry to hijack it for a second, but oh, it, uh, yeah. dude, it changes your life fully. I would love to hear your take on it and any, any experience you have with it. Yeah. I mean, it really does. Like, I mean, it's just real. You got to try it. People that don't <laughs> believe it, like just haven't tried it yet. And at first it's like, you know, you hear about the, the secret. It's like, no, that can't be real. Like, it just doesn't make sense. You can't just think about something and believe it and that it actually happens out of nowhere. But it does. Like, it's the law of attraction. Like, when you when you write down how much you want to make 25 times a day and you feel that in your being, like, you're going to subconsciously do the things that you need to do to get that. And it happens. And, dude, you see, I'll take you a step further you ever heard of quantum physics? Mm -hmm. So quantum physics is basically the law of attraction, you know, up a notch. And it talks about your energy and how you, the universe has everything that you want and desire. And, and you essentially need to put the energy out there and with the law of attraction, attract it. And there's studies on it. There's books, there's Ted talks, everything, this stuff if, if you're listening and you're not familiar with it, this will change your life fully. Um, I've seen people get put onto this stuff and very, very quickly, like change how they operate, which changes how, you know, they execute, which changes how, their results instantly, like very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I think that's part of the reason why I get to have conversations with people like you. Like, I believe I, I like manifest these conversations, these relationships, um, so I don't know, man. Sorry. Again, I hijacked your interview. Oh, no, you're good. Not at all. That's pretty cool, man. I think, um, you know, I think that'll definitely set you apart. What is um, what does the next five years look like for you? Like what kind of goals are you thinking about? What's are you trying to sell in a certain dollar range? Um, talk to us about how you're planning on getting there. Yeah. So right now I'm focused on million plus. So uh, ideally one point five. Um, and then slowly over time, I'm going to 
you know, once I, once I get comfortable and then I think I'm going to, you know, once I reach a certain point, certain income working in that range, then I want to extend myself to the higher price points. Obviously the sooner I can do that, the better. It's just a matter of basically manifesting those people. Um, so attracting people in that price range into my life. So being at the right place at the right time mm-hmm. and being around people that are buying two, $3 million homes. So what's stopping you from doing that now? Um, that's a good question. You know, so recently my team leader, he, he's been, uh, his price point is average price point is like 1.4 right now. And, and it just, he brought this up recently. He was like, you know, it kind of dawned on me. Like I want to make more money and sell higher priced homes. So why don't I just focus on the neighborhoods that have higher priced homes, do the same thing I'm doing now, but in higher priced neighborhoods. And right now for me, it's basically because we have so much credibility in these one to $2 million neighborhoods. Our team does, we have so much uh, recognition basically. And we've sold a lot in those neighborhoods that I can really leverage that to get more. And on top of that, you know, a three, $4 million home, those are sitting on the market for a hundred plus days. Whereas right now in the 800 to 1.5, even up to like 1.9 range, things are just flying off the market in like two weeks. So you can probably push a lot more volume in that than you would be able to in the, in the higher range. Is that kind of what you're saying? Right. Yeah, definitely. But of course, um, once we, once we do start breaking into those higher price neighborhoods, then, then I'll be able to leverage that a little bit, bit more. Um, but as for right now, like I'm, I'm st- honestly, I'm still kind of getting comfortable. You know, maybe you're making me realize that I need to switch gears a little bit. <laughs> you got to stay uncomfortable. That's the only way yeah. to keep going. But right. Um, what is uh? Do you plan on, you know, taking your income and investing in any way? Are you investing currently? Um, what's your sort of philosophy with that? If you have yeah, any. so. I invest in, in stocks, like kind of here and there, I'm really not on any, like, uh, you know, certain, like, like a set in stone plan. Yeah. Um, which I need to do that. I need to get a Roth IRA and I need to start investing on a regular basis. But as of right now, um, it's kind of just like, a, you know, three, four, $500 a month usually. Mm-hmm. And I'll just switch that over to my Robinhood account and, you know, put it into whatever, whatever I'm feeling. Usually it's EXP stock, which is my real estate brokerage because I believe in the business model. Nice. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, earlier in the year of 2020, I, I bought the dip when everything crashed. So I bought into Delta Airlines, American Airlines, um, I think Carnival Cruise Lines, General Electric, nice. a couple other, you know, basic stocks. Um, and then I have mutual funds that I've had for years. I've been slowly buying into those um my parents set it up for me so i've been you know putting my birthday money in there for years (laughs) (laughs) nice man no i love it i i guess what i'm getting at is you talked about all these different um content people on on the internet and a lot of them preach you know real estate multifamily homes you know stocks is that the is that the game plan for you i mean you're 19 you're you're super young so i wouldn't expect you to be like yeah man i got it all ironed out but you know are you (laughs) thinking like that or are you thinking like I'm going to just do something else. No. So the, the plan is definitely invest in real estate. Okay. Um, right now where I'm at, I don't have two years of income to be able to buy a house, but I'll have that at the end of 2021. And then I'll be good to go. I'm still kind of tossing the idea around like what I really want to do. The, the, 
the multifamily market here in Vegas is, is not that great. And they're, they're, you know, pretty rare here, honestly. Um, so I think I'm going to take the, the meet Kevin route, if you know that. So the, the Burr method, I'm sure you've heard of that. Mm -hmm. Do you want to explain so, that method a little bit to anyone who's listening that might not be familiar? Yeah. So Burr is B R R R R <laughs> buy, renovate, refinance, rent, repeat. And maybe I did that out of order. <laughs> I think it's buy, renovate, buy, renovate rent. rent, refinance, repeat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Golden. So basically buy a kind of a fixer upper, something that's pretty, you know, pretty basic, not anything over the top. Just, you know, pro I'll probably end up getting for what I want to spend here. Um, like which cash flow is not great in Vegas, by the way, it's more of a, a long-term investment here, but we'll probably end up getting like a, a three or four bed, two or three bath, you know, 2000 square foot house for three fifty maybe. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's so crazy. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but just thinking about the difference in markets, like I always hear people talk about in Syracuse, I go to all these, I, I'm not a real estate investor in like multifamilies or anything. I just own my home. And I always hear people talk about how like all these people are coming in from out of state to invest in Syracuse. And it never made sense to me until I realized you can have three or four tenants on in a hundred to a $200,000 home. And it's like, oh, the cash flow is just much, much crazier here as far as like what the yeah. home actually costs. Yeah, I've actually looked into Syracuse a little bit because um, then I could, you know, that would give me an excuse to, to write off trips back home, which would be cool. Nice. But I mean, the cash flow is good there, but the laws are so in favor from what I've heard anyway. I haven't looked that deep into it, but the laws are really in favor of the tenant. Whereas in Vegas, you can you can get someone out in a matter of a couple of weeks. Whereas I've heard stories about in, in anywhere in New York, really, you can't evict the tenant for, for months and months and it just keeps getting extended for whatever reason. But I've heard a lot of people getting, you know, getting beat up from that. Absolutely. Just to touch back on the Burr method. Um, I mean, most of the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, the goal is to buy, like you said, a little bit of a fixer upper, get it up to maybe like a rentable uh, cleanliness, you know, stature, um, rent it, find renters, and then essentially, correct me again, correct me if I'm wrong, you want to refinance it. What that means is getting a new mortgage to try to pull all the money that you originally put in out of it and still retain maybe 25 to 20 percent of equity in the home right is that kind of the right yeah so it's basically about getting the right deal buying at the right price and fixing it up to a point where it'll appraise for a, a you know pretty significantly higher value than what you paid for it and then doing a cash out refinance so you can pull that equity out in the form of cash and use that to buy the next deal and that gives you your money back so you can go do it again but now you have equity in the home and you have a cash, you have a cash flowing asset, right? Right. So, and that kind of plan gives you the ability to essentially leverage your money over and over and over again and mm -hmm. build wealth extremely quickly. Right. I mean, that's the, the right. okay, cool. I dude, I'm going to watch from afar and uh, see you crush it. That's pretty exciting. Um, what, uh, Tell us like what's up next. What are you uh, working on? What's coming up, and um, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've got got a couple things in the works. Really, just focused on 
like I said, getting more listings right now, mm-hmm. um, getting as many deals done as I can, pretty much taking advantage of this super hot market that we're in right now. Um, it basically just, that's it right now. I mean, it kind of focused more in the short term right now, basically mm-hmm. just, just hit my goals for the year. Like I said, that one fifteen five. Are you on track? Yeah, I'm on track. Good stuff, brother. Love yeah. to hear it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty excited about that. And then next year I'm going to more focus my goals on not, not focus, but I'm also going to throw in the, the investing side. So hoping, hoping to get into a property by next year. Nice dude. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything, um, anything you want to cover as far as real estate or anything like that, that we haven't touched on? Um, no, I think we covered most of it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Lots of gems, lots of value. We hit on a little bit of mindset, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of real estate investing stuff. Lots of gems in here. We summarized it quick. I think Zoom says we're going on 50 minutes, but, um, you know, that was awesome, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Uh, Instagram is the best place. It's adam.rain, R-E-I-N. Or, um, yeah, that's probably the best place. I got a TikTok too, but, you know, Instagram is the the main place. Awesome. You on Clubhouse yet? Not on Clubhouse yet, no. We gotta get also, to I'm going to be getting on YouTube soon, though. I've got a couple uh, couple things filmed already, working on scripting out a few more, getting those filmed. Nice. So YouTube will be launching soon where I'll go more into depth on some of the stuff we talk about, lead generation, uh, how much I made, stuff like that. Hell yeah. When that comes out, we'll link it down below. All right. Sound good? Sound good. Awesome, brother. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, This has been Free Coffee. Rob Riley, uh, Adam Rain, and Kelvin McChesney behind the edits. This was lit. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Drop so many gems. Yeah, thank you.